What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. My name is Adam. I am your host. So on today's episode, we are going to be talking about the NBA Finals a little bit. And I guess the topic will be if you should be investing in the in any of the players that are in the Finals. And I think if you look at the teams, if you look at the Bucks and you look at the Suns, this is also a recording after Game 1. So the Suns have won Game 1. Giannis is playing. I'm not sure if he's 100%. I mean, he played well in game one. I mean, he had a double-double, and he had like 17 rebounds or something like that. So, you know, I think that's obviously good. So I, I'm i going to talk about basically the four players who are the favorites to an MVP just because I feel like once you start getting down into some of the some of the players below that, that's when you kind of are looking at players who I would definitely be staying away from. I would 100% be staying away until the offseason. I think if you have I think if you have the chance to if there's like a player, if there's like a random player that wins MVP, that isn't so the top 4 players that with the MVP odds. This is the, these are the uh, that's the barometer I'm going to use. Like the players who are the top 4 for the MVP. It's Giannis is first uh and then it's Giannis, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Chris Middleton. In that order, their odds, I think, are all... They're all plus odds, which I think is kind of interesting. Because I think, like, if this was a Lakers series, I would imagine that, like, LeBron would probably be, like, very small plus odds or, like, even minus odds, to be completely honest. But I think as we go farther along and we figure out who's going to win this series... uh. I think, you know, it's going to be interesting. I think the one thing that may happen this series is that, you because usually the MVP comes from the winning team, I think that we potentially could see an MVP of the losing team in this series. And I think it's mainly just because I think the NBA wants to get as much out of this series as they can because they're two smaller market teams, which I don't necessarily think is, like, that big of a deal. Like, I think a lot of people... I think the narrative going into the series is that it's like worst case scenario for the NBA, but I think it's realistically best case scenario for the two fan bases of these two teams that if you look at their rosters, next year they're going to have basically the same roster. Like if you look at like a lot of the key players for both teams, I think PJ Tucker for the Bucks is a free agent and then I think um I think it's Jay Crowder is maybe the only free agent for the Suns. I don't think there's... And then... <clears throat> but if you look at, like, most of the key players, which P.J. Tucker, he's obviously been... He's a great defensive player, but I think, realistically, you can probably find another good defensive player to fill the role that P.J. Tucker kind of fills. It's not like he's, like, this homegrown kind of player. It's not like he... So... And I, I'll go back to the Celtics here. It's not like he has a Marcus Smart where he's, like, the... Like, P.J. Tucker and Marcus Smart are basically... This I would say they're the same in terms of defense. P.J. Uh, Tucker may be a little bit better on the offensive side than Marcus Smart, but I think uh, it's not like you, it's not like you're getting rid of like. And this is coming from a Celtics fan. It's not like you're getting rid of somebody who has kind of grown with the team and been like the. I don't know. I would call Marcus Smart like I hate using this term, but like the heart and soul of the team. Like I think he's been on the team the longest out of anybody. So uh, I mean, that's that's kind of one thing that's food for thought there. But so the teams are going to be relatively the same. Now, I know a lot of people. The other narrative is that this, you know, this, uh, this championship isn't going to be like a real one or whatever because like of all the injuries. So I think next year it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens with the 
with some of these like super teams and how they can bounce back because you know yes these teams are super teams but or not necessarily super teams but they they have like their big three you know obviously the the nets and the lakers are probably going to be favorites going into next season but like if you look at the ages of these players it's not like they're young like they're still the superstars of the league but like who's to say that these players will be able to sustain their seasons like this is kind of maybe the thing that especially Kyrie Kyrie gets hurt like all the time and and obviously the injury that he sustained in in these in this year's playoffs was like a freak injury where he landed on somebody's landed on somebody else's ankle but like Kyrie he like when he was on the Celtics he was hurt like 50% of the time he was on the Celtics like and also kind of a scumbag I, I I don't like Kyrie first of all let's get that out of the way kind of I think I don't know if people knew that or not but as a Celtics fan that dude is just a scumbag like in my in my opinion like he he just has scumbag tendencies where he is like like when he was on the Celtics he didn't he he didn't show up for game 7 of the conference finals because he was getting like a, a nose surgery or something, it's like, dude, just show up. And then he was like, I, I don't know. And then and then and then he said that he was going to come back. And then he he was like, I want to resign with the Celtics. And then he makes the plan with KD. I don't know. I think Kyrie's a scumbag, and I think I think people around the league know that. I think they respect him because he's such a good player, but I don't think people like him because they know that he's just kind of like a snake, and he kind of snaked his way to Boston. He snaked his way out of Cleveland to get that trade he you know respects LeBron now talks to him all the time whatever I don't know but so that team I think is going to be very interesting because like KD also somebody who's kind of had like a past of sort of like at least on Twitter at least clapping back at people I think is one way one way of putting it at least Um, but I think you know that team they're not like the young players in the league anymore like and I guess Giannis is Giannis is kind of in that weird middle territory. I think he's in that territory with Devin Booker where it's like in four years, those are going to be probably like one and two, like either top five in the league. You know, when when LeBron's retired, when KD's retired, uh, when they're, and I don't even know if KD really has any plans of retiring. I'm sure he obviously plays through this contract and then we'll see what happens with his next contract. But I think if you look at these players, and, and I'm talking maybe more from an investment standpoint now as well, but like you look at both of these teams, and I think they have a decent shot in the next few years of kind of sustaining some of this success. Like, I mean, Booker and Giannis are obviously the top two players. And I guess here's my here's my thought process too, I guess, from from an investment. I think that we I think that those players are in a good spot when it comes to what effect the market is going to have when a lot of these PSA submissions come back. Um, I think, I mean, Chris Paul, Chris Paul, if you're buying Chris Paul, you're holding for the long term. Like, I wouldn't be buying Chris Paul to flip him. Sure, he could potentially win MVP, and I think that helps, but then you go into the offseason, and it's like, who knows what happens this offseason. Like, we're, I think things are changing in sports cards, too, very quickly, and I think almost too quickly to try and make predictions of what could possibly happen to these cards. Like, we just went through the first full season since cards really came back into the mainstream. So I think people's perception of what the cycles are, and I think the cycles themselves are changing because I think you have people coming in and 
they people coming in, and I talked about this with football, like people are coming in and they don't even know what the cycles. Like this is kind of the thing. It's like you have people coming in that are new to sports cards and they don't even know that like the off season is when you buy. They're just buying because they want to buy. Like sure, if you do a little bit of research and you watch some content, you're going to find out that basketball cards in the off season, you probably should be waiting until the off season, but at the same time like who like we we just went through I think a really weird off season where I don't think we had like a I don't think we got a full picture of what cards are going to look like in the offseason for for real. And I think you also have seen, like, it happened with basketball this year. It happened with football. It happened with baseball. Baseball is kind of catching back up a little bit. But those three sports, the last three times those seasons started, they were the cards were at the peak of where they were right at the start of the season. Now, as, and then it progressively goes down as, you know, as the excitement for the season wanes a little bit, and then it kind of goes back up as players start getting ready for the playoffs, all the, you know, the, the good players at least, not uh, some of the players that aren't good. You don't really see that. But with basketball, I think we've also seen a huge shift in in what the market looks like, just in general, just not even just from the start of the season. Like, I think basketball being the hottest sport i think that's where you're going to see a lot of cards coming back from psa and then and then you got the national so i mean and that's also something i think I, there's going to be another episode of the podcast this week where i'm uh where those two topics i think are going to affect the market significantly over the next uh few months i think or a month or so cuz obviously the national is like about a month away but so then chris i mean i haven't really included chris middleton in this conversation he is in the conversation but I would say, like, if he wins MVP, I would say if you're buying his cards now and then you plan on flipping them, you know, be, before if, – if it goes to seven or if the Bucks win or whatever, and if the Bucks win and it goes to seven and you flip it before game seven – uh, and then he and he, but he's kind of projected to win MVP. I think you could have a decent so, decent flip there, but like the Chris Paul, I think is he's probably more of a long term. And then I think, like I said, I think Giannis and Devin Booker are good in the com- they're good in the territory uh, where they may not be as affected by all of the PSA submissions coming back. Like I think the 2017, 2018, 2019 guys are are going to be what is most affected. Uh, in this market that's coming back, along with the national and stuff like that. So I would say, oh, and then to my point about the MVP, I could see Devin Booker or Giannis winning MVP if uh, even if their team loses. Like, if Giannis can play this series and they, like, let's just say goes to six games and Giannis comes out and he is just an absolute monster the whole entire time, like realistically, I could see him winning MVP. I could also see the same thing if it goes to seven, and then Booker is kind of in this same same conversation. I could see him winning MVP. Um, and I, I don't know. I just think because of the injury, I think that's another factor of why Giannis has a really good shot of winning MVP of the series because because if he like that injury, there's there's no way he like isn't more injured than we think. Like he is going to miss he's going to have to get surgery this offseason. I bet you he misses a decent portion, or at least the beginning portion of next season. Like there's just no way that he isn't like his like you just look at the injury and I'm not I like I said I'm not a doc. I'm not well, I'm not that like I said, but I'm not a doctor. But that injury was nasty. Like that was like 
and granted, he he got up right away and he walked right away, so that's obviously good. And then he comes back to the bench right away. And but I could see it being like if this was earlier in the playoffs, like if that injury happens in the second round or the first round, there's no way that we're seeing him play a week later. Like there's just it. I just I just don't believe it. I just think that injury is way worse than we think it is, and I think after the series, we're going to find out that like he actually has some sort of more damage than we're expecting. Now, if you're watching the game, you see him with that rundown block, and that's an absolutely ridiculous play. Like that is, you know, he during the first play of the game, they threw an alley oop to Giannis, and I was like, oh my god, what is he doing? Like I couldn't believe that he was out there jumping and playing the way that he usually does. Now. Does that sustain for the whole for the whole series? I don't know, and I think that's kind of the conversation where I I feel like he could win MVP even if the Bucks don't win the series. Um, same with Booker, and I just think I think the NBA looks at this and since it's too, I think that in in my opinion, I don't know if this is true or not. I think that giving some sort of win to both teams in this scenario is realistic. Where uh, if it's Warriors, let's just go back in time when it was Warriors, uh, Cavs, and LeBron doesn't win MVP even though the Cavs, uh, even though the Warriors won. I think they look at that and they say, "Well, we don't, we don't need to give LeBron the MVP because he's LeBron, and we don't need, or we don't need to." And then, and vice versa too, when the Cavs beat, uh, which I guess you could, you there's no way you could have given that to anybody else because LeBron brought them back three one. But like in in that scenario, like maybe let's just say last year, I think in the same scenario where. Like Jimmy Butler could have potentially maybe won series MVP, but like well, they're obviously going to give it to someone on the Lakers. Uh, but that's because they're two larger market teams. Like they don't necessarily need the win, the, the win in parentheses, like winning the MVP. But I think with these two smaller market teams, like I think giving someone like Giannis or someone like Devin Booker, who let's just let's be completely real here. I think that there's also a chance that one of these teams never makes it back to the finals. Maybe it's the winner, you know, maybe it's the loser. I just see the road being extremely hard and I think if if they do, like with with uh or if they you know, if they do, it's not going to be for like another few years. Like we're a few more years out. Like next year if there's no injuries, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Lakers Nets. Like I just think that the NBA you know, I'm a, I'm a conspiracy theorist sometimes. Like, I, I believe in some conspiracy theories, and especially with sports. There's sports conspiracy theories that I 100% believe in. I think that the NBA is going to manufacture the Lakers and Nets. I just don't see how there's a possibility that you you they, that the Nets are able to put this team together and then... There's no way that they're able to put this team that, that the NBA somehow or the NBA allowed them to put this team together because like why you know why did they not let the Chris Paul thing happen with the Lakers and they're letting I don't I don't know whatever but so either way I think I think that the NBA is gonna put that to put that team and put them into the finals somehow so it's Lakers um, and I wouldn't even be surprised if it's like Celtics Nets Lakers like. Clippers or something like I I don't I don't know what the next year's series finals are but are going to be but I look at it that way and I say you know I think we have there's too much um, uncertainty in my opinion to say whether you know you should be buying any of these players now I, like I said I think Chris Middleton may be a decent buy if you think he has a good chance of winning MVP 
and you know, Giannis and Chris Paul are sort of in the same conversation to me, like where if you're buying any of those cards, just buy and hold. Even Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker is also a phenomenal, maybe a top five player. Uh, so that's kind of my thoughts on if you should be buying any of these cards for the finals. I think you, if you are, you should be expecting to hold them long term. Other than Chris Middleton, maybe flipping him or any of the other players on the team, like planning on if you have a strong feeling that you think any of the other players can win MVP, by all means, go and look at those card prices. If you think you can double it or however, whatever you think you can get the price up to, go for it. But I just think that they're, if you're going to be buying any of the players in the finals this year, it should be, in my opinion, a little bit more of a long term play rather than flipping it right before the, right before, um, the finals is over because. I also think that the, these finals, they could it could go either way. Like I think, and that's kind of a conversation where it's like, you know, who knows what's who knows what's going to happen. I think it could you could see. I don't know. I think honestly, it could be like a long series, or it could be like Suns and four. Like I think there there's a there's a strong possibility that also could happen. Uh, so those are kind of my thoughts on players in the NBA Finals now, and if you, if you should be investing in any of these players. Uh, that's all I've got for the episode today. So I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure you'll follow on uh, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, all those good places. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you in the next one. See you in the next episode.